Hello everybody and welcome back to Behind the Pross. It's a theatre podcast all about the real lives of the people who make it. Series 2, episode 10 involves the wonderful Grace Chapman. Yes, we talk all things wicked, Sweeney Todd, Sound of Music and much much more. It was an absolute joy to talk to her in April 2020, both about her past and her dreams and aspirations for the future. Enjoy! I always danced. I started dancing when I was like three. Um, I did ballet and then when I was seven, I started up jazz and tap. Um, and for a long time, I just wanted to do that. I didn't really know much about musicals and things until I hit, um, we called it upper school. I think most people call it senior school. Right. Um, so when I was kind of like 13, I moved to my new like upper school. They were doing West Side Story and me and my friends just wanted to be in it to like be in the background and dance and just have a bit of a laugh. And we were doing these like audition processes kept getting recalled and I didn't really understand why because obviously I was the youngest in the school and then um they had to they had to sing and they made me do the um end of act one the top c in tonight oh yeah yeah and I'd never sung before so it kind of came out but I didn't know that that was kind of an impressive thing to be able to do because <laughs> I was just like I've, I've not ever done it before um and then they posted the cast list and I'd got Maria and I Honestly, it was like, I don't, I don't understand what's going on. I don't, I'm not supposed to be here. <laughs> but I absolutely fell in love with it. And from then on, musicals just became my life. And it wasn't until a few years later, kind of 16, 17, that I even realised kind of going to drama school and doing it as a career was an option because I live in a very rural area. It's not really something that people do out there. Yes. Like, um, So, yeah, so then I just started looking up drama schools because I didn't I didn't know anything about them went on and went to arts ed which was lovely I loved it <laughs> what age did you uh, start at arts ed were you 18 no I was 19 um when I was 18 I auditioned for probably about five or six drama schools when I went to audition for arts ed I was really poorly so they had to put my audition back to the end of the year hmm. so I still went and auditioned and I got a place on like the reserve list but they'd already filled up all the spaces, so I didn't get in that year. But they said, I'll come back and audition next year because we'd, we'd love to have you. There's just no room. Um, and I was given a place at another school, but I just fell in love with Artset as soon as I walked in. I loved that it was, it felt like a place of learning. Do you know, you know what I mean? Like it I, I think really it's the felt right like a place school. for people, isn't there? Yeah, I think everybody thrives in a different atmosphere. Some people thrive on competition. Some people, like me, I've, very much <laughs> need to be like nurtured and I'm aware of that like so when I went there and it was very much a school environment I think that's why I fell in love with it so I decided to not go to the other place that I'd got and then managed to get a nice early audition the next year for Art Said. it was actually in the September so right. when I got my place I literally had 12 months before I could actually start but it was nice because I managed to like get a full-time job and get some money behind me which is really important so Absolutely. I kind of didn't mind. What would you say were the biggest challenges of uh, moving to London? You said that you kind of grew up in uh, somewhere that was uh, more rural. What were the, yes. the big things that you had to adapt to? 
it wasn't necessarily adapting. It was just a, a big change. Like certain things were easier because being in London, everything's there all the time. Mm. Everything's open all the time. Um, but it was a lot just just coming from such a small town suddenly there were just all these opportunities and I'd been to London a few times as a tourist but even like kind of the whole way through arts ed into third year every time I'd go into town I still felt like a tourist you get buzz (laughs) like there's I still get it now like if I haven't because I I live um I live in like zone two but even going into Leicester Square Piccadilly Circus now, if I haven't been for a few weeks or a few months, I still get that buzz nice. now. Yeah. Like, I just love that theatre district and I don't really think I'll ever get over it. <laughs> <laughs> so talk to me about the uh, one piece that you've, uh, you've performed in or created so far in your career that you have the fondest memory for. Oh... Oh, I think I've got a few. <laughs> Go for it. Um, uh, well, I did Wicked, which was an absolute dream job. Um, it's been my favourite show for I don't know how long. I saw it when I was about 16 and definitely what I want to do. Um, before then, it had just been kind of, I really like performing. This is what I do in my spare time as well as school. Um And when I saw Wicked and I saw Glinda come down in the bubble, I just, it suddenly, I saw somebody that I was like, yeah, that is, that is what I want to do. That's the role I want to do. Um, so when I did the tour, I covered Nessa and Glinda. Um, I only got one show as Glinda on the whole tour, but I have the most fond memories of it. Um, a lot of it is a blur, actually. All the backstage stuff is an absolute blur, but I had a friend who was a swing, he wasn't on that night and he managed to get quite a few clips from the auditorium. I just love it so much. And another piece that I worked on was Sweeney Todd. It was my first job out of drama school. Um, And we did it in Tooting in a real pie shop that was open during the day. And then we kind of took it over in the nighttime. And I remember the first day we walked to the pie shop at rehearsals and we all kind of sat there going, how just how is this going to work? Like there was a big England flag on the wall and one of those big white like chest fridges up against the wall. And we just had no idea how it was going to work. But it absolutely did. We did it all. There was, I think, three little tiny spotlights that they put in the corners just to light the room generally. And the rest of it was done with candlelight that we moved throughout the show and lit and turned off and it it went into the west end afterwards i unfortunately not unfortunately but i was already doing another tour when they confirmed the transfer so i didn't get to go with it but then it moved to broadway and it became this it became the longest running sweeney todd that broadway had ever done so to kind of each time it had a new life it, it grew and it got a bit bigger so to be part of the original kind of concept of it um where we only had about 30 people in the audience every night was just so special and Sondheim actually came and sat on one of our benches and so you were never more than about 10 feet away from any member of the audience so that was a really special moment just to kind of sing his songs to him 
while standing on his table. <laughs> I can imagine the nerves running through you for something like that. It was so surreal that you almost couldn't really take it in and be nervous. It was just like, oh, yeah, there he is. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> you talked about uh, touring life with uh, Wicked. How do you find touring? Are you, uh, are you a fan of the, the way you live on tour? Um, I do enjoy it. I love seeing new places and um, exploring. I, I am a bit of a home bird, so I do miss home a lot. With Wicked, it was quite good because every venue was either four or six weeks. But because it was such a big set, we'd often get kind of three or four days off in between right. each venue. So every month you'd get, if, if you were quite far away, you'd then get a chance to come home. Nice. Um, Whereas I've not done weekly touring. I know a lot of people that have, and that can be really difficult, if, particularly if you're in places that you can't easily get back to consecutively because you're just having to go venue, venue, venue. Mm. Um, but on Sound of Music, I did do two weeks in each venue, which was quite nice because you had a day off in whatever city you were in, and then you also had a chance to get home in between. You worked with the lovely Howard Samuels on Sound of Music, I right? I did, yeah. So He's... Hey. An, he's so cheeky he makes me <laughs> laugh so much he is a regular on this podcast we uh, we do concerts together at crazy cox yes yes i've seen so he's a i i do love him now where are your uh your favorite places to tour to favorite venues or cities oh um i loved edinburgh i did that um not last year year before and i'd not done it before Right. hours by myself um and i think because i'm a massive harry potter fan that probably <laughs> helped as well because all the buildings just look like a place from harry potter um i love dublin the border border gash is that how you say it yeah, I can't even say yeah, it. yeah. that theater is just a stunning stunning place to be and just the atmosphere there is amazing i also spent um about eight weeks in manchester last week doing last week last year doing mame right and yes that's a great city like <laughs> so much going on there so when you're not performing and you, you're not touring or uh doing bits and bobs in theater what what are you interested in what's your your hobbies or your interests i used to do a lot of um kids parties um and then i discovered um well it was actually i was working for disney when i learned how to face paint so I then got myself a little kit and started face painting just at home, like just to practice. Um, so I do really enjoy face painting either at kids parties or just creating stuff on my own face. Um, I love to bake. Um, and what's your specialty bake? Oh, weirdly, just like a plain Victoria sponge. It was the first thing my mum taught me how to make. It's a classic. And like I don't need a recipe and I just it's just so easy to do and I just it always works out well but I've off, I've done a few like birthday cakes and things for family and friends so that's always fun I love a little project like that nice if you could take uh, one normal album of just uh, any music style you like and one cast recording uh, to a, d a desert island uh, what would you take oh but there's so many <laughs> I do love the music of West Side Story. And I think because every time I hear it, it brings back such fond memories of mm. being at school with my friends. 
And pop music-wise, I've always been a big Adele fan. I'd probably take her 21 album because she's just, she writes an absolute banger. (laughs) (laughs) Now, if I could, uh, just moving back into theatre, if you could change one thing about the industry uh, overnight, what would you change? Unless you um, love it, and we could uh, we could keep oh, it as no, it is. I do love it. There are there are obviously little things. Oh, you've thrown this one at me. <laughs> I think just like people's opportunities. Okay. I don't know if that even makes sense. Like audition processes happen. They've only got a certain amount of time, so they can only see a certain amount of people. Mm. And I think because the industry is so big, people's opportunities obviously getting more and more narrowed down because because it is such a huge pool of people i just want it i just want everyone to be happy <laughs> i just want everybody to i just want everybody to get equal chances to experience things and audition for things and and i know like it's never going to be perfect hmm. but if we could just make it as accessible to everybody as possible yeah but yeah it's it's a tough one like it's a it's a strange time for the industry particularly right now and I do feel like it has been shattered through coronavirus but it is almost as horrifying as that is it's almost quite exciting that when this all is over and we start up again we'll be rebuilding an industry from the ground up so it is an opportunity to fix things and make it what we want it to be it's been the same way for so long Mm. that it is a nice chance now to rebuild it in a new and exciting way yeah we've been forced to hit the reset button really yeah and it's um i i think there is excitement in in how we change processes a lot of people have talked on this podcast before about audition processes in general and kind of talking about like you said about the exclusivity of things um what would you say would make you as a an actor um what would make auditions better for you if you could change one thing uh, i'll give you an example some people in the past have talked about um, the amount of material that you're given to read, um, the amount of songs that you're asked to learn in a short amount of time. Um, is there anything that you would change? Um, it's tricky because when I'm not performing, I also do running for auditions. Ah. So I've kind of seen both sides of it. Um, and before I started running for auditions, I was very much like, oh, if if they've asked you to learn something then they should definitely see you do it. Right. Um, And I know a lot of um, companies do try and adhere to that. But there is also just a massive time frame put on casting directors and producers um, and creatives that sometimes they just have to go, right, we'll send them this material and we we may or may not get the chance to hear it but if we if during the process we see them as 
that character or or these two characters, then at least we've got the chance to get the best out of them. And I think sometimes they would rather send stuff early so that you've got time to learn it right. rather than go, okay, we're a few we're a few sessions into the audition process and now we want to drop this material on you and see it tomorrow. So it is a bit conflicting for me because it's like, well, I want to prepare stuff and have it seen, but I want to have the time to prepare it. But they're also on their own time frame and their own schedule. So sometimes you've just got to bite the bullet and try and work together as a team to, to get the best out of an audition. My, ma- my main thing that I like from an audition is just feeling appreciated when I run for auditions, I'm such a tiny part of the process. But the last thing I would ever want is for people to feel like pressured or into the like, just make sure everybody's really comfortable. Everybody's relaxed outside of the room. If, if some, I've, I've gone to auditions myself before and if they're running ahead or if I've had trouble with the tube, you've barely walked through the door and they're, they're saying, Oh, you're in next, even though there's several other people waiting Whereas from my experience, the panel, they have a schedule for the day. But if you say, oh, I'm just going to jump ahead one to this person, they do not mind at all. So I very much just want everyone to feel comfortable and just prepared to go in. What's the the biggest thing that you feel as an actor that you've learned from being in a casting room on the other side? I feel a bit braver. I think you can take a lot more control in the room than I ever thought um and they love it when you a really go for it and b like kind of interpret things in a slightly different way make them think differently about a character Hmm. um like I've I've kind of sat in on some auditions where people have made like really brave choices or like just really gone for it with a character and the, the panel have absolutely loved it. Mm. And it's something that I've always been a bit like scared to do. If you just really put your own stamp on something, it's what makes you. Um, whereas I'm, I hate auditions like <laughs> everybody does. But <laughs> Do you feel like you um, audition it, well? It depends. I definitely prefer singing calls. I would always rather sing and then dance rather than dance first mm. because... Even though I, I've danced for longer, I do consider myself now to be a singer that dances rather than right. somebody who is more of a dancer, if that makes sense. I've got friends who are equally ridiculously talented in all aspects. <laughs> but um, but yeah, and I, and I also feel like I would rather sing first because a singing audition is a much more personal thing. You can get to chat a bit and they get to know you a little bit more yeah. rather than being in kind of a group setting. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> is there a certain role that you have in mind that you would really love to play? Um, most of my kind of roles that I'd like to play are, are older roles. Because um, I'm kind of waiting to age. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Though. I mean, I mean, I'd I'd love to do um, Glinda again. I'd do that in a heartbeat. Um, I think because I only got to do it once, I do feel a little bit unfinished with it. Right. Um, but it's normally sh- when I'm in a show, I fall in love with a different character. Like right. when I um, did 
did Sweeney Todd, I absolutely fell in love with Mrs. Lovett. And I just thought, yeah, one day I'd love to play Mrs. Lovett. Because <laughs> <laughs> she's just so funny. Um, and like when I did Mame, I just thought it's these kind of big female roles that don't get to come around very often. But when they do, they're so iconic. But I've just got to do a bit of waiting before that time <laughs> who's, who's the most inspirational actor that you've worked with so somebody that has just been an absolute dream to uh, perform alongside oh there's just so many lovely people I worked with um Danielle Hope on Sound of Music and she's one of those people who just lights up a room she was an absolute dream to work with I mean the whole company were a dream to work with I've been right. really fortunate I think because of most of the shows that I've done have had quite a wide age range within the company. Mm. It's always just been a really lovely family atmosphere. I hear a lot about like some companies have loads of drama and things, and I just haven't really been in that environment. Mm. Um, everybody's just kind of been such a pleasure. Um, but yeah, uh, Danielle Hope was so lovely to work with. All the Sweeney Todd guys, like Nadim Narman, who did a lot of Phantom and Jeremy Seckham, they were an absolute dream. Mm. I've just been really fortunate, I think. I've worked with su such lovely people that they've... The show, as much as I love the shows themselves, the reason why I've always loved performing is the people. It, it's true, the people make the show. Of course. Um, but yeah, I mean, when I did... Um, Mame with Tracy Bennett she's just an absolute powerhouse little pocket rocket we went through rehearsals and obviously got to see her do her thing every day mm. and then we have opening night and suddenly it's just everything's taken up a level and you're like this is this is why we rehearsed the way we did like for her to pull out a performance like that and she did it every single night like, I, d I don't know how she does it. She's amazing. If you uh, were to give some advice to people graduating this year, um, what would your advice be in terms of how to keep going in the industry and how to um, stay positive and uh, happy? I very strongly believe that everybody within a production process is equal. Um, I know you can get kind of divas and things who think that what they're doing on stage is the most important thing but I've always very much been in the mindset of without costume and lights and sound and the orchestra and and everybody coming together as an actor I would be stood naked in the dark and nobody would be able to hear me so what would be the point in me doing what if, if nobody else does what they do yeah. um so I do really think that putting a show together is a group process so everybody is just as important um and I love making friends with the wardrobe department the light department the sound department because they're just so much fun <laughs> yeah, absolutely they come like, from a slightly different background as well and I think that's yeah. you know all of that variety of people that you get to meet makes it even better yeah, and, like, I love talking to actors about, like, what they've done and who they've worked with and their experiences. But everybody else on the production has just as many stories. 
Um, so I love kind of going for a drink with the sound guys or the lighting guys after the show and hearing their side of the industry and the things that they've experienced which is just as exciting as what we experience. Um, so yeah, my main advice would just be be nice. Well, a be nice to everybody because you don't really know what they're going to go on to do and yeah. who they're going to go on to be. And also, just never assume that you're more important than somebody else because they're the ones who can make or break your show. <laughs> yeah. In an ideal world, what would you like to uh, have in store in the future for you? I've never actually done West End, so I would love to just do anything. Um, and it's it's not so much like having the West End credit. Yeah. It's more kind of I want to experience working from home, if right, that makes yeah. sense. I've done it... Um, I'd, did panto in Croydon this year so I was able to commute from home for that um but whenever I've done productions it's mainly been touring so or regional productions where I've had to relocate so it it does consume your entire life um so I think it would be really nice to almost not to feel like it's a job but to be able to go to work and do what I love while also being at home and seeing my family whenever I want and not having to completely upheal my life. <laughs> I like uh, that. Um, so that would be really nice, please, dear to God. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Do you like doing pantomime? Are you a fan of doing it? I love pantomime. <laughs> I am a massive panto fan. I love going to watch panto. I love being in panto. I think what I love about it is for a lot of children it's their first experience of theatre yeah. um, and it's where you can absolutely get the theatre bug so I love being a part of that um, I particularly loved this year because I got to be a princess um, <laughs> I played Cinderella and I'm a massive Disney fan so kind of being able to like see kids after the show and be their princess was really lovely i love being a part of it yeah um so big panto fan um i also did my first ever relaxed performances this year which were really nice oh they are incredible it's, yeah it's a, a special experience yeah well my brother's got special needs okay so been to a relaxed performance i think but i'd not actually done one myself and it was just such a lovely experience and lights on and to really see the impact you're having was so nice. And we got to meet one of the um, schools that came afterwards and they were just so excited just to be able to like see our costumes up close. And it was just so lovely. I love every part of it. <laughs> I mean, the schedule's grueling oh, and I was yeah. sick as a dog all through Christmas, <laughs> but I still loved it. <laughs> So when people uh, talk about Grace Chapman in a hundred years time, what oh. would you like them to say about you? It sounds really corny, but I just want them to like say, oh yeah, she was nice. <laughs> that's, that's a good legacy to leave, I guess. I just want to be a nice person. <laughs> <laughs> that's all like, like, yeah, I, I could, I could go, oh, oh yeah, she was a, 
she was the best soprano in the world <laughs> that the world's ever heard but yeah. but no i'd rather they just think she was a, a nice person to be around nice <laughs> which sounds corny <laughs> no not at all so thank you very much for doing this um it's thanks for having me yeah. i mean i think i've babbled and not no, really said <laughs> where can where can people find you on the world wide web um i'm on twitter and instagram um i can't even remember what my thing is oh it's grace underscore chapman 11 right um for, for both i think yeah grace <laughs> underscore chapman 11 um i do have a website i don't really do a lot with it there's some like uh vlogs and videos and things on there which is just gracechapman.co.uk um please go check it out because because I didn't realise that my renewal, so £150 went out of my account without me realising, um, just as COVID-19 hit. So now I own it for a year. People might as well go check it out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And get some hits on there. But I'll try and put something on there to entice people to see it. Nice. Um, and but that's my- it, really. Yeah, just just the standard Instagram and Facebook things my final question i ask everybody is um what is happiness to you happiness i think it's just a feeling of contentment of being at a time or in a situation where you don't need to change anything um you could quite happily just stay in this moment um for a long time um it's also obviously people, your family and your friends. Um, but yeah, kind of a feeling of contentment, I think. Perfect. Grace, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you. Behind the Pros is a podcast hosted by Buzzsprout with musical thanks to Audio Jungle and Itan Epstein Music. The artwork was by Jared Page of Stagey Pagey, and if you wish to donate to the cause, paypal.me forward slash Gary Jerry. Any inquiries about Behind the Pross podcast, please contact behindthepross at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and see you next time.